comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Ding dong, normal guy in the house. Hey, man. Oh, it's hey. great seeing you other normal guys. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What are you guys up to? Uh, not much. Hey, what are you other normal guys up to? Episode 214. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted, giving the unemployed something to listen to. Welcome to episode 214 of A Half Hour Wasted, and we're poolside with Bill's family. That's right. It's uh, poolside, and uh, this is a uh, fun size episode. Yeah. <laughs> at least uh, at least Sage has his swimming suit on this time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. There's someone else in the pool, though, so hopefully he's not going to uh, use as yeah. a uh, public restroom. You know, I, I have to say that um, that you and your, your daughter and your son get along very well for siblings. It's... Pretty amazing most of the time. Because, yeah, it could be a lot worse, and who knows, maybe it will be in a couple of years. But for now, for now he's much more worried about being a pirate and uh, playing uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Wii, than uh, doing anything else. Good Lord, we, we played Star Wars Wii for an hour today, and I didn't really, we played a bonus level. We played the entire second world. We played the entire Attack of the Clones. And it took us an hour and five minutes. And at the end of it, we got no bonus points because it took us over an hour to do it. I was bent. It was like an hour and five of my life that I will never get back. But I kind of dig this. This is fun with the kids right there just splashing. And, man, we put in this Star Wars Wii, uh, the complete series, um, We've we've got to have almost seventy hours log on this thing so far. It just he he plays it every chance he gets. It's it's fairly amazing. Now just uh, just to remind you guys, we're doing something a little different. We're doing really laid back, just outside on the patio recording. Got some Doritos. Got we some had, Doritos. We had some, some pizza, but uh, that didn't go. Uh, uh, that didn't last long because yeah. pizza's good. <laughs> oh no. And anybody, anybody paying attention, especially to last week's episode, can tell that this is the same day. Yeah, <laughs> like the, we are. This is ba- there was basically a ten-minute break from when the show ended to this one beginning. There's one major difference. There. Yeah, the kids put on their swimsuits like lickety split. Yeah, well, the kids showed up in between episodes, basically. I, mean, I guess they showed up at the end of the last episode. So you're listening? Can you? Can yeah, we can. I can hear. I can. We can hear everything. So we wanted to. Hey, hey, hey! Try not to yell. That's like asking the water not to, not to flow. Okay. 
All right, so we I've now the dogs been, are fighting. I've always been a big fan of the idea that uh, it takes a village to raise a kid. So uh, I've never seen the dogs fight. It's hey, total chaos out here right Sage, now. Sage, please stop this, splashing, okay? This is even more chaotic than normal. Sage, Sage, no splashing, buddy. Okay, no screaming, is this no too splashing. Much for you, no, no, oh, I just okay. don't want my comics wet. Okay. I don't want to record it. I know. I'm afraid to take mine out of the. Uh, the as long as you can hear, it, then we're I can. Good. I can hear. Now, what we can do is I can we pause it to and we can move the table back table like your original way a little suggestion. bit. All right, we're gonna do that. All so right, we're gonna pause. Right now. Now we're recording. We have moved the table five feet away from the pool. Yeah, you know what? And this is easily the dumbest episode we've ever done. Oh, which is uh, pretty amazing when you think that uh, we've done 213 of these things. Okay, Sage, stop splashing Zoe. <laughs> yeah, that's Did that work? Happen. It usually does. Sage, I will turn you into a brunette if you don't stop right now. Hold on. This is. I will hold that the kitten underwater if you don't settle down. Okay, I think I have pictures for the banner. Fantastic. Yeah, it's either going to be. Important. There you go. That's the that's banner. That's excellent. That's going to be the banner <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my kids they they don't follow instructions well, do they? So let's talk about future foundation. So do we talk about the future foundation before or after the splashing stops? Mm, let's talk right now. So, Brad, you want to give us a recap as to what brought the future foundation? Well, Johnny Storm, quote-unquote, died mm -hmm. in the penultimate issue of the Fantastic Four comic. Yeah. Penultimate means next to last, Bill. That says true, yes. Okay. Yes. And then... Uh, Are you starting to get the impression that this may be a, a fairly permanent thing, though? Because I think when it happened, we all kind of assumed that, well, they'll give it 12, 12 issues, they'll hit 600, they'll come back, you know, with the, you know, the 600 banner, and life will be good. Mm -hmm. well, that's probably what they want us to think. You know, it could, I could see it lasting longer than 12 issues. I really could, but, you know, I don't, who knows now. But a you year's know? a good time. I, I just mean, think 12 issues is a good time. It just, it seemed too logical to think that, Give this a year, and then they come back with a triumphant return of Johnny Storm. It's issue six hundred. You know, it just it seemed it seemed to fit like a glove. But you know, I'm starting to wonder now because, frankly, I've gotten to the point where I kind of trust Jonathan Hickman to do something different, which is, you know, that's about the highest compliment I can pay. Uh, just, just just real quick before we dive in, does anyone know does time in the negative zone move the same pace as in our world? Um, I think for the most part, yes. Because uh, I could there, totally see Johnny and Hickman coming up with like a Johnny Storm's son shows up in in our world. But if no, time is the same, I don't. I don't think they've ever. They, they've never said that time moves differently. And only it's ever been. There's never been an example of it either. Because uh, we've had uh, we've had people. I know Reed Richards was lost in the negative zone for many issues back in Fantastic Four, off the top of my head, uh, uh, the late one seventies. Well, his dad was was lost too, and his dad just came back, right? No, his dad wasn't in the negative zone, though, right? Oh, okay. His dad was literally in the future. Mm -hmm. which, was, uh, it says right here he was lost in time, which yeah. is different than the negative zone. But well, his dad was also in Shield. 
He was? Was yeah. he in the Shield mini? Uh, Franklin and Stark's dads are in Shield. Or Reed's, is it their granddads? Reed's. Uh, no, I think it's Reed's. I honestly don't know. All right. I don't know because I just read the one issue. Mm-hmm. So, so they they canceled the Fantastic Four and then they picked up with FF One, which stands for Future Foundation. And John, in, in this book, uh, Reed is watching a hologram of Johnny. He says, "Hey, if you're watching this, I'm dead." And he says, uh, "I hope you'll give uh, Peter my spot on the team. I hope you'll take my suggestion and give Peter my spot." So, the fourth member of the of the actually. I don't know that we could even call him the fourth member because apparently when you go to the back, there's like several members of the first foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, the first family. There's two like dramatis personae pages Ooh, in the back. I love that phrase. The first family is, consists of nine different people and the future foundation consists of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different people. I love a silhouette oh nine for the first family, by the way. Yeah. Doctor Doom at the end of this issue, Doctor Doom joins the first family. Because Valeria Richards says that it's something she's supposed to do and, and Reed's time traveling father says, This is what she's supposed to do. I've seen it. So I think some of this, I don't know if some of this happened beforehand in, in, in uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four run. It w- makes me wish, obviously, that I had stuck with it. I, you, could, uh, you could borrow mine if you want. I'd have to find them. They're probably fairly piecemeal right now. Anything I've collected in the last two years is pretty random right now. But I really liked this issue. I didn't feel like I missed a whole lot. I felt like I was caught up. And I counted the pages, and including the two credit pages at the beginning. Okay. And the two dramatis personae pictures at the uh, pages at the end. There's 28 story pages. Cool. So, so uh, if you remove those four. two, and then you remove the... If you removed one of the yeah. these up here, because normally you'd have you'd obviously have the page that says writer, pencil, or whatever. That would be uh, what twenty five. That's twenty four. Yeah, twenty five. You know, I'm mean, getting to the point where I kind of like uh, I kind of like the one the one page giving you the recap. I, I do mean, too. Maybe I'm maybe it tells people I've got a soft head. No, but, I like uh, it. I mean, Hickman does that kind of in here, but he does it different in a different way where he kind of recaps a bit and i i think i think it's important marvel does it much more than than dc but it really helps if you if you're in the middle of a of a storyline and you really don't know what's going on and you know one page a couple paragraphs okay i'm up to speed well and for me it, it's it's not rare but it's uncommon that i go back and read a, a second comic uh, at one point i tried to make a real point of reading the previous issue before i read the current issue but I just I don't do that nearly as often as I'd like to. So those recaps, you know, if they, I'm reading, they help me out quite a bit. If I'm reading a series straight, I don't read them. Yeah, okay. But, but if I but if I yeah, know what's like going if I'm on, reading three or four issues at a time, yeah. I don't need to read the recap unless the previous issue confused me. Then I'll read. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, is that what's supposed to have happened? Oh, okay, I get it now. Um, so y'all read this just before. You know, we started recording. Yeah. Now, um, I will preface that I did kind of fly through it. Um, I have to say, not a bad issue, but didn't really made me want to go out and get the next one. Well, it was kind of the classic setup issue, and, and Hickman, um, Hickman has he's taken his his own pace with these. I mean, it's it's not 
it's not slam bam things blowing up in every issue, uh, which I think is to his credit. Um, Millar, and, and he's kind of he's kind of building off what uh, Millar started because mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I've enjoyed the Fantastic Four since I was uh, a youngin, but um, I didn't really truly get back into it um, until uh, Millar's run started, and uh, I think a lot of it was just uh, you know. Malarn hits a stamp on it. It's like I'm there. Um, yeah, I just uh, I, I think Malarn and uh, Malarn and Hitch have done great things. Um, yeah, it is Hitch, not Finch. Okay. I always get those guys confused. Um, Finch isn't even with them anymore, so I uh, guess it's got to be Hitch. But um, uh, what they did with the Authority made me a, a lover of those two for life. And it was really interesting to see how. Um, how was art style changed? Um, almost, uh, uh, we talked about him earlier, uh, like a John Romita Jr., uh, um, you know, his style, and maybe it's the inker, but his style was much, much different back during his days on the Fantastic Four than it is uh, now. Um, with him and uh, some confusion. I think Sorry. Sage fell out of the swimming pool, but he's okay. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it's not too much of a drop. So. Wow. It's about to get really eerily quiet out here, except for us. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. Maybe the dogs will start Your fighting Your daughter again. is taking very good care of Sage. <laughs> yeah, she's a pretty good kid. Yeah. And after all the splashing he was doing, too, he's um, he's kind of an uncontrollable force of nature. What do you think about Steve Epting's art? You know, it, it was a um, it was a fairly natural progression. Uh, 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 you know, I expected, I expected the authority style art when I started picking up uh, Millar and uh, uh, Hitch's run and I didn't get that um, I don't know if it was, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Hitch is notorious for not being able to churn you know it's very Ethan Van Skyver in the way that he was just not able to churn out a monthly comic book at the at the level and style that he wanted to um, and I guess that he made a uh, he made a lot of, uh, maybe not uh, compromises, but he clearly, his art style was a lot more um, know, sketchy, for lack of a better word. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say rushed, but um, he clearly was not taking the care with every single panel and every single background, every single this and that, um, that uh, that he had, um, you know, in the earlier stuff I, I really fell in love with. Um, uh, didn't he uh, have something to do with... Um, uh, wasn't he on uh, Ultimate Avengers uh, 2 also? No, they don't. I don't know. I didn't read any of that Ultimate stuff. All right. Yeah, I think it was. It was Hitch and Neary, I believe, on uh, Ultimate Avengers uh, 1 and 2 also. Um, also with Millar. Um, but, so his style gets you a lot more sketchy. You mean the Ultimates? Yes. Thank yeah, you. That, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah I, I, yeah, I realize now that there's yes. an actual Ultimates 2 out there. Uh, so, yes, I'm talking about the Ultimates uh, Volumes 1 and 2. Yes, that was Hitch. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little so, bit about their... Oh, go ahead. His style was a lot cleaner uh, when he was doing the Authority and the Ultimates. And uh, his Why style became a lot more Hitch? sketchy. Uh, because I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on my way to leading into my thoughts on uh, Epting's art. Okay. Um, almost like almost the way uh, Giffen's art style changed. Um, his art style changed quite a bit, uh, possibly just to speed up his process, but... His style became a lot more sketchy, and I think it was more the, the layout was more important than the finished art piece, necessarily. Um, in that way, I think that Epting's art complements uh, what Hitch uh, had been doing uh, very well. In fact, it seems very similar. 
Um, I think an untrained eye might not be able to tell the difference between the two guys' uh, art styles. Well, there's a full page here of of Spidey swinging, and yeah. at first glance, I thought that was Hitch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, Epting, um, and I don't know Epting's work, unfortunately, uh, before this. Captain America. Okay, and I never read that. Um, so I don't know if Epting is in any way trying to ape Hitch's style. Uh, I assume he's not. It, it um, looks like Steve Epting art to me, but it also looks like he's trying to slowly you know, move the book from Hitch to his own. Okay. And that makes perfect he's, sense. I don't think he's trying to rob Granito, you know, right. uh, Hitch. Yeah. Um, now, of Google course, Epting... It, Google Rob Granito if you know what I'm talking about. I don't, but that's okay. Um, and now, Epting's been on the book for uh, over a year now, I think. So, this is not like uh, Epting coming in fresh and trying to establish his own style. I mean, he's I thought been... this was... You mean Epting was on Fantastic Four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he's been on... He's been on Fantastic Four for quite a while. Oh, um, I, I didn't realize So, yeah, that. it's not a, a case of him coming in brand new and, and trying to uh, um, shoehorn himself in or force uh, uh, an evolution of the art style or anything. It's just, uh, I think it's, you know, having no previous experience with him, I just, my guess is that that's kind of what he does. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, though, just a sidetrack. Uh, I went to uh, one of the local LCSs, and uh, I guess we should have expected this. Um, apparently... The, um, the the lead up to the final issue of Fantastic Four was a pretty good seller for Marvel, and I didn't realize that. But uh, there were five different covers of this comic uh, at the LCS I went to. Uh, Hello, Madness. How you doing? And what got me was that there were three uh, there were three covers at cover price, uh, the regular cover and two variants, and then there were two variants that were you know a higher price. Um. Madness is real good about uh, giving you the ten, fifteen dollar uh, variant cover. I don't know how other LCSs work. It. Uh, you told me that uh, uh, one of your pallies had uh, gone to a, an LCS, and uh, the variant that we paid uh, cover price for, he had to pay like five bucks for. Yeah, I'm trying to read. I can't tell who was the it. Kyle Scroggins. Yeah. Okay. What's up, Kyle? Captain Sequential. I'm trying to. Who is it that I can't even read? I can't tell on here. I mean, I see a signature on the front cover here, but I can't tell. Yeah, does it say on the inside looking. who all the variant covers are? It does. Are? Yours was Stan Goldberg who did yours. Okay, and man, am I just being an idiot? I don't know Stan Goldberg. I, don't I know, know Joe Sinnott who inked it, but I don't know Stan Goldberg. I'm not even. I'm not uh, sure. I I would like to uh, honestly the um this and the last issue of Fantastic Four, which I thought was one of the best ever. Um, makes me want to go back and, and read all of Hickman's run. And see, I find that interesting because I appreciate it for what it was as a a necessary denouement to a 587-issue run, but it didn't just grab me by the scruff and force me in. I mean, I just I, I kind of put up with it because I, I knew that it was necessary, but um, it was a very interesting idea that the almost the entire issue was silent. Yeah. Well, that was a very powerful issue, especially the silent part. And the the part with... I mean, it was silent up to, what, the last two or three pages. Yeah, the last part of it was... Um, uh, it was Frank, Spider-Man Franklin, and Franklin and Peter Parker's uh, conversation. Yeah. Which was About fairly amazing. About losing an Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just fairly amazing. I mean, the you know, you know the Johnny, uh, as you referenced earlier, you know, Johnny uh, has his little 
hey, if you're seeing this, you know, you know, I'm dead now uh, moment, he leaves a little holographic message. Um, but one of the things he says is, you know, I want Peter to take my place on the team. And I thought, you know, that's uh, either prescient or uh, just uh, just dang smart. And I don't want to get too far off here, you know, surprising for me, but uh, is Spidey really going to continue being in, uh, what, three of his own comic books, uh, well, both I Avengers mean, titles, why, and this? Wolverine's in, like, 12 books. Well, Superman, I, know, I think Superman's that's ridiculous, in three too. books. Yeah, I, I just... Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not being a hater. I just. I think it's kind of ridiculous. And I'll get over it. Um, what, what do you guys think of the costumes? The new. Uh, the new white. I like and black. I like costumes. them. They're may actually they can be whatever you want them to be. Uh, An Sue, unstable molecule. Sue calls it's it uh, third generation unstable molecules. I thought she said. Yeah, third generation. Yeah, there are default settings, but you can create variations on each theme by concentrating. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, Peter I, never has to change clothes i guess well he has a uh peter is uh looking at his costume and for a moment it kind of half changes into a very close variation of the classic uh black spider-man yeah. uh, uh costume yeah so i just i thought it was really uh really cool but what about what about their logo the uh the three uh what is it pentagons that are together uh hexagons hexagons he says uh so what happened to the blue with the four and the little circle thing Sue says, I was in the mood for something different. The other just seemed wrong. And it certainly feels like a black and white world now, doesn't it? So she got rid of the four because there wasn't four of them anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. And each each member, uh, Thing, Reed, and Sue, they each, each one of them has a different hexagon that's white. Right. Reed's is white on the top. Sue's is white over her left breast and, and uh, Ben Grimm is white on over his right breast. You know, I, I have to say, I think the the costumes feel a little bit like um like a nineteen fifties futuristic movie. Just yeah. the white bodysuits. It doesn't. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't evoke um, superhero. It. It. Huh. I'm not sure what it, it evokes. Well, but that's. I think that's part of the idea is that this is this has stopped being a traditional superhero team i mean they mm-hmm. certainly have been at plenty of points in their in their history but you know the idea has always been uh I mean, uh in the fantastic four run leading up to uh the end there um they consider themselves imaginauts you know they were they were a family first and adventurers second and uh you know superheroes you know was down the list quite a bit uh you know which is one of the reasons i've always appreciated the fantastic four i think just the the different take mm-hmm. on how they do the capes and tights routine. So, um, so like, but, yeah, to me, uh, you know, Hickman, you know, as he's done, you know, I, I thought it could never get better than what Millar did because Millar went with such crazy, hard sci-fi ideas and going 500 years in the future and bringing it back, you know, the present and this and that. And then Hickman took over and not knowing anything about this guy, um, other than, uh, the, um, uh, well, just not knowing anything about this guy, you know, I think he may have ramped it up even farther. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that's great about the FF, um, at least in the last uh, two or three years now, is the uh, is the great hard sci-fi that we're getting out of the, out of the title. Because uh, it's not just, okay, we got to go hit a bad guy until he gives up now. You know, it's, it's you know, 
you know, his father coming back from the future. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the fight of the four cities, uh, which have been hinted to, uh, hinted at, but, uh, we've not seen yet. Uh, you know, just, you know, so many great concepts coming out of it. And th- that's my favorite part about this book is just the concepts coming out of it. Uh, let's just briefly touch on the ending of it, which um, I, confused me a little bit. This will be a spoiler. Uh, at the very end, Doctor Doom shows up. Yeah. Val- and is apparently going to become a member of the team. Yeah, Valeria uh, tells her dad that she's supposed to invite Doctor Doom to be part of the team. Okay. And his dad says that he also knows that she has to do it. I guess there's some... He's seen something in the future. He says, and uh, Reed, Reed says, you know, I don't like it, but, you know, I have to trust that, that, you know, you say this is supposed to happen, I have to, you know, go along with it or whatever. Which kind of seemed, you know, at first it seemed a little out of character for me, but or for Reed to me, but then I thought, well, no, Reed seems to be able to accept almost anything because he's seen just about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right here he says, I'm not fine with it at all, but if you're sure it's best, I can accept it for now. So. Okay. And she calls him Uncle Doom. Hey, hear that, yeah. Uncle Doom? Welcome to the club. Yeah, that, and that is a little weird, but I guess we'll kind of see how things go. I mean, you know, Stranger that, Bedfellows have, have existed for That makes sure. me want to want to read more. Okay. I, uh, I mean, this is a compliment, but uh, especially those last two splash pages with the silhouettes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the incredible number of people um, on the team and in the foundation itself uh, almost feels like it might be heading in an almost Legion of Superheroes type direction. Anybody that knows me know that that's a high compliment. But you're clearly going to have issues where you could have, you know, a quarter of the people involved in any one adventure. Yeah. You know, it, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, those four guys, you know, or those three guys and one girl going off to do every single thing. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if what happens is <clears throat> the Future Foundation book goes for a year, Johnny Storm comes back, and then the Fantastic Four book starts up again, but FF continues going with a lot of those characters in it. Mm, that's a, good, that's a great... Um, I could totally see that now that yeah. you say it, yeah. I, I hope it does, because I thought the... Uh, you know, and his dad leads the Future Foundation. Yeah, I mean, I just thought the establishing of that, that concept of the Future Foundation was just... Such brilliance. Again, you know, I'm treading on uh, uh, ground I've already walked on here, but, you know, the ideas that Hickman has thrown into this book are, you know, it, it's, they're pretty unique in, in comics. I mean, this is not, this is not capes and tights anymore. I mean, this is, this is... You know, I, I would argue it is all tights. I mean, just based on their costume. I mean, it, well, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's tights, but I think it's, it's, I don't know, there's something, and especially this cover right here, the one that you have, there's something very, very campy about it. Let me just oh, describe yeah. it briefly. It's Spider-Man and uh, the rest of the Fantastic Four thing, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl. Well, the cover's goofy. But it's goofy. It feels like it was drawn in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a retro feel to it. And I don't know if that's what they're going for. I mean, if, if I were to see this, I would not pick this up. Because it, looks it just like looks my nephew very, drew it. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to say with this. But you compare this to the cover that Brad has, which is you know dynamic and very modern and looks cool. Yeah, well, you've got uh, Spider-Man is uh, slinging a web to the top of the Empire State Building. Reed's ankles are trapped underneath that web, and he's stretching to 
the to where everybody else is. I, I frankly, I thought the other uh, the regular uh, the regular cover and the first variant, which Brad has, were basically beautiful covers. And the third one was really almost off-putting. But it was just a simple matter of there's 30 copies of the regular, there's five or ten copies of the first variant, and there was one copy of the third variant. And it was just simple numbers. I said, I'm going to pick this one up. Yeah, you know, I, I just... I just um, it's just a it's, it's, a... it's a fun cover, but it's not a... I don't think it's a good cover. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't have an argument with that. No. Uh, um, the art is, is really... It's very old school... And you're right. It absolutely looks like uh, uh, a gifted elementary school student did this. Mm-hmm. It looks uh, like somebody robbed Granito Jack uh, Jack Kirby. It's kind of reminiscent. Google Rob Granito if you again if you, two Rob, Rob Granito references in one episode. If you don't know what that means, Google it. All right, Rob Granito. So Frank's got something there that I've read a while back. Yeah. Um, so I recently read Batman: The Long Halloween with Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Um, oh hey, one last note. Uh, I give FF number one um, based on the history we've got with uh, Hickman so far and the promise of where I think this is going. I give it uh, absolutely. I give it five reverse flashes out of five. Okay. Second last note. Zoe is awesome. <laughs> I'm done. I'll give it. I'll give it three and a half reverse flashes. Yeah, I think I'm with okay. Brad. I think I'd give it about three. Now, I'm, I'm not basing that on simply what happened in this issue. I'm basing this on the last three right. years of the issue and what we think is going to happen from here on out. But, yes, very good. Um, Long Halloween. not bad, by the way. Long Halloween was by Je- Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Um, you know, I've always seen this book, always kind of curious about it, finally picked it up. Um I have to say that I am underwhelmed by the story, at least. Uh, the artwork was really, really interesting and, and fun. But um, basically, it, it's about a crime lord or a crime family, and uh, they're slowly getting picked off one by one. And uh, things are boiling between the crime families in Gotham, and Batman's trying to trying to find out who's doing it all this and and who's behind it. And so there's a, there's a crime noir feel to it. Yeah, definitely. Um... But I, I kind of figured out who it was. Did you? Yeah, pretty early on, because it just because there were all these very classic elements to a film noir story right. that you know basically. Well, we know he died, but we never found the body. Well, that's always it. That's always the guy. You know, right. you know this guy. You know he was shot, but we never found the body. So everything must be cool. And, um, I I would find it hard to recommend it to anyone because it just you know maybe someone who doesn't know anything about Batman or have never read a, a, a graphic novel that, that that would be a good book to kind of start because it's just a nice crime stuff but as a seasoned reader I can't say that I think it's it's worth um, are you a Tim Sale fan um yeah I usually like funky art so um it the art didn't bother me I thought it was interesting um, you know, I also have Hulk Gray that I actually really like. I think I'm, I'm not a Tim Sale fan at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only thing I've read that Tim Sale has done that I've enjoyed was mm-hmm. Spider-Man Blue. And Spider-Man Blue is really Lowe good. Yeah. But I don't like Tim Sale's art at all. And I think that hindered my ability to enjoy that long Halloween okay. story. I think it's his uh, style. It almost seems like it changes 
from panel to panel. Yeah. I mean, there are there are panels that seem very kind of noirish and very fifties, well, very dark, and, and then you'll see a panel that looks like just a very standard superhero pose with very standard superhero lighting and inking and and whatnot. Um, it also it absolutely is evocative of uh, you know Frank Miller um, to some extent. It's a little softer. Uh, the lines aren't as as harsh. As, the, uh, I didn't Frank. see the the reveal coming i didn't mm. figure out who it was but when it was revealed i was a bit underwhelmed also. yeah i was underwhelmed too yeah. i was just like so you know and, and even the explanation of the whole thing was just like sometimes well, when i see movies and, or read books or whatever and then they reveal who it is i'm like well you know for me it would have been more interesting if it was the obvious choice <laughs> you know yeah if it was who they telegraphed that it was mm-hmm. from the start which and I'll, and I'll go ahead. Uh, spoiler alert! I, I mean, uh, they lead you to believe this whole time that it is um, Harvey Dent. Yeah. You're led to believe the whole time that it is Harvey Dent, and uh, in in a sense, it it kind of I guess if given the opportunity, he actually would have gone gone through with everything. Yeah. And his wife would have too, uh, Mrs. Dent. But it turns out to be just just I'm just gonna spoil it. It's just one of the gangsters who uh, son who he had daddy issues. Apparently, it was just, uh, uh, you know, his dad never really respected him, so... Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm i glad to hear somebody else say that they didn't get a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Like me. Sometimes I feel like I must be stupid because I don't like a lot of what people like, but hearing you say that you were underwhelmed makes me feel better. Yeah. So, did the reveal come out of left field? Or were there... No. Okay. Because I, uh, it was, it was just kind of telegraphed, and I'm reading the whole thing, and I'm just like, it's got to be that guy, it's got to be that guy, and then you know when it's finally revealed, ah, it's that guy, all right, yeah, hey, I'm smart, I got it, yeah. When the who done it is out of left field, when there's no indication, right, that it had ever been that way before, like maddening. What was it recently in the last year or so that I was so upset about? Um, TV or a movie or something that. There was no indication that the big reveal, there was no indication that this was the case, and then it ended that way. And I, I remember losing it when, I can't remember what it was, but there was some, point is there was some story when there was absolutely no indication that this was going to be the case. Um, now, if, if you don't see the clues when you go through it the first time, that's one thing. But then you find out who it is. Then you go back and you see. And yeah, you, and that's you, awesome. And there still aren't any clues. That's when I have a problem. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you should. Um, so uh, overall, you know, out of five uh, for seasoned comic readers, I'd give it a three. For people who don't read a lot, I'd give it a four. Because I think they would, because it's a one-and-done story. Is that the kind of thing you'd pick up in the library? Yeah, I'd pick okay. it up in the library. It's a uh, it's by the uh, the the pass uh, rent or buy scale. You'd uh, you'd give it a rent. Yeah, I would definitely give it a rent. <laughs> I, I and like put it low in your queue. Oh no! <laughs> you'll be water. You're gonna be better watching. Hey, you know, speak, speaking of queue, um, I've just started a grand experiment with my television, Netflix. Great. What are you yeah, thinking? About a month ago, we got our uh, wireless router moved out to the living room so I could hook my streaming blu-ray player up to it now um well i watched uh superman batman apocalypse last night. i watched superman ah. shazam last night dude i watched the Isn't first segment <laughs> yeah it was i watched okay. the first segment of uh superman uh batman uh 
sorry, Superman Shazam uh, last night. It was just a thirty minute or though. Well, there was I, four. Well, there's and like, then there were four, four shorts. shorts. And there I like the Superman, yeah, uh, Shazam, Green Arrow, Spectre, and somebody the, the else. Spectre, written by Steve Niles, which started out good and then I kind of fell off for me. And then the Green Arrow one I liked, and the Jonah Hex one. Oh, Jonah Hex right. just doesn't do anything for me. I thought I did like the Jonah Hex. Um, I, mostly because it, it was just kind of, kind of, uh, it was more interesting. The Spectre cartoon was again, it was it was that film noir thing, and yeah. it was just like I kind of see where this is coming. You no, know, Linda so, Hamilton did the voice of that main prostitute really? in Jonah Hex. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the Shazam Sorry. one was Sorry. a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. yeah, I tell you what, at the end of it though, I let. Uh, um, I let maybe I shouldn't have, but I let Sage and Zoe watch the uh, Superman Batman Apocalypse with me, mm-hmm. and that's pretty action packed. And, and you know, of course, it's it's based. I was I was shocked at other than they changed the ending up uh, a little tiny bit, um, just some details. Um, but it was it was just almost panel for panel from the the great comic book. Uh, you know, Jeff Loeb mm-hmm. and Michael Turner, uh, one of the the only. Uh, capes and tights things Michael Turner's ever done, and I just I love 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 that uh, that uh, trade paperback. Uh, was it Supergirl issues six through thirteen, six through twelve, something like that? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, uh, the art style was they were absolutely uh, aping bad word, complimenting better words, not the right word. Uh, Michael Turner's art style. Uh, Batman looked like the Michael Turner Batman. Uh, Wonder Woman, Harbinger, uh, you know, all the characters, Supergirl, uh, they all looked like the Michael Turner version of those characters. I thought it was awesome. I, uh, I have to admit that I was very, very surprised, spoiler, when, um, when Doomsday showed up at, in Smallville because I really thought that was going to be the end of the movie. Superman and okay. Supergirl and Smallville. Okay, you're going to have to spend some time yeah. here, get used to Earth. I really thought that was it. And I thought, well, yeah. that's a nice, you know. I didn't you, mean, really think you, mean you mean Dark Side. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. Dark Side shows up. And wow, that took me by surprise. And well, I enjoyed that. Again, that, that. that happened. I, I've read the, uh, uh, I read the trade paperback, I think I've read three times, which is a lot for me. So I knew it was coming. And sure enough, it didn't disappoint. Uh, and again, the, the, the way the action happens there in Smallville um, is slightly different in the comic book uh, than it is in the movie. In the comic book, um, they uh, it looks like uh, Supergirl has actually died, and then Clark go flies into a rage and basically beats Darkseid and basically takes him through a boom tube just and, and plants him into the source wall, which is awesome. But they didn't do that route in the in the uh, the, the comic book or in the uh, uh, cartoon. Um, they uh, uh, he got mad because she got hurt. And so he ended up, uh, they ended up dumping him through a boom tube into just random deep space where apparently he froze. And they make a comment that, well, he'll be back someday when he thaws out. So, uh, so the, the, the changes were very minor. But, but up to that point, up to the, the very conclusion of the cartoon, it was just almost panel for panel. And it was awesome, man. Uh, but I, I can't wait. Um, I'm so glad Netflix is doing this. Um, it, it's, it's like, uh, um, you know, the idea of, of cloud computing has been a dream in everybody's eye for, I don't know, probably as long as there have been computers. But I know that when I when I was uh, directing the Oracle channel back in the mid-90s, uh, Larry Ellison, uh, CEO of Oracle, was talking about cloud computing back then. 
it's finally showing up a little over 15 years later. And I love the concept, the whole idea that, you know, own nothing, have everything is great. But the idea that you can count on the cloud to always be there for you, I think, is kind of ridiculous. You know, because, uh, hey, Netflix went down uh, a few days ago, and it was down all night. Right. Because I'm trying to, uh, it was like 6 o'clock, and I, I'll go on my, what I'll do is I'll go on my phone, I'll throw something into the queue there in the living room, and then I'll hit the, uh, the, the Blu-ray remote, and I'll, you know, and I'll watch it, and it's instant. Um, but it, it was down uh, the entire evening. And I'm thinking, you know, this probably doesn't happen very often, but if you're counting this, on it, this is a look very out. new technology. It's only going to get better, but yeah. we're we're in the infancy. We're in the dial-up age of of cloud computing. Right now. <laughs> good, so I mean, it's only going to get better. Yeah. So so um, yeah. So uh, Netflix, I give it a thumbs up so far, and I'm I'm wondering if I need to, to sport the extra four bucks for. Uh, uh, Blu-ray delivery because right uh, now I'm just streaming only. I had I had the Blu-ray delivery and then I just canceled it. Yeah, I'm streaming only. Okay, I just because uh, I know there's a lot of stuff you can't get, but I guess you know, heaven forbid you could go to a stinking red box or something if you just had to have the new yeah. release. Yeah, you know, or or more heaven forbid, go to Blockbuster. Anyway, well, so. I guess that's a good place to wrap up, guys. Sure. All right. I wanted to talk about. I mean, I have two more books to talk about, but. Uh, you know, we can talk about them later. Baby. How was the Silver Surfer, by the way? It's intriguing, but I just don't. Right. Yeah, you probably have a minute. <laughs> um, I'd say pick it up in a fifty cent. Okay, bin. fair enough. Uh, on the other hand, Scarlet by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev. Okay, uh, buy it. Buy it right off the shelf. Heard good things about it's, it. I love it. It's issue four, issue five, supposed to ship next week, I believe. I'm loving that book. Okay, I, I, Malev is such an acquired taste. I, I've always had a hard time dealing with it, but I think that's my failing. You know, not yours, so that that's on me. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to A Half Hour Wasted. We will see you next week, where we'll... I guess we'll be in studio, maybe? Yeah, time. more than likely. Yeah. We'll, be in studio. <laughs> well, this is fun. Um, I think we'll be in studio next time. Yeah, you can't do bits when you're just talking in the backyard. <laughs> um, it's right. refreshing to be able just to do it this way. Yeah, hopefully we... we uh, hopefully people dig that uh, we're just going to give them a little different flavor. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for riding with us. All right, guys. Well, until next week. Yeah, I'm Bill. I'm Brad. And I'm Frank, and we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. All right. Hey, guys. Thank you, I like it. Bye.